Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. How's it going? It's going great, thank you. How about yourself? I'm just fine. (laughs) Um, As always. The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got huge, huge, huge chart news Mm. about Kanye West scoring his ninth number one album on the Billboard 200 chart with Jesus is King and Selena Gomez landing her very first number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 with Lose You to Love Me. Plus, we have an interview with Louis Tomlinson. Yeah! One Direction. Woo-hoo. The pop star dropped by the office recently to talk about his upcoming debut album, his first tour, <laughs> his latest song releases, and much more. So stay tuned for that in just a bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, so let's do some chart chat. Hmm. First up, Kanye West blasts in at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart with his latest release, Jesus is King. The set, which starts with 264,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending October 31st, of course, according to Nielsen Music, marks the ninth consecutive number one debut for West. All of his last nine chart entries on the chart have all debuted at number one. Whoa. That is very rare. Yeah. So rare in that he ties Eminem for the most consecutive debuts atop the chart. Uh, Both of their streaks are currently still active. I expect that Eminem's next album will probably debut at number one, but hey, never know. So it's just going to be a slingshot situation for a while, you know. Waiting for that Kanye-Eminem joint collaboration (laughs) album. Uh Uh, Further, with a ninth number one on the Billboard 200, Kanye ties five other acts for the six most number ones in the history of the chart, which dates back to 1956. So he now stands alongside Garth Brooks, Drake, Eminem, Madonna, and the Rolling Stones, who all have nine number one albums each. Debuts or albums? Just albums. Albums. Yeah, just number ones. And ahead of them all is, of course, the Beatles with a record 19 number ones. Then there's Jay-Z with 14, Bruce Springsteen Springsteen and Barbara Streisand with 11 each, and Elvis Presley with 10. And like we said, it started in 1956, so Elvis would have had a few more probably had this chart 
no, come out before that. No, no? That, that's that's pretty much when he started. Is that when he started? Okay, yeah. never mind. You don't know. I don't know my Elvis timeline. You don't know pop music, Katie. <laughs> what the hell are you doing hosting this pop shop podcast? <laughs> Get me out of here. Next, over on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, there's big news atop the tally as Selena Gomez scores her very first number one. As Lose You to Love Me jumps from number 15 to number one in its second week on the list. Now, the ballad also blasts 20 to 1 on the streaming songs chart, spins a second week at number one on the digital song sales chart, and debuts at number 41 on the radio songs chart. Somewhat unbelievably, Selena had never gone higher than number five yeah, previously on the charts. Crazy. Um, Good for You featuring ASAP Rocky in 2015 went to number five and also Same Old Love in 2016. Uh, And here's another fun fact. As Gomez first appeared on the Hot 100 dated January 10th, 2009 with the song Tell Me Something I Don't Know, she reaches number one after waiting 10 years and 10 months from her first chart entry. You just told me something I don't know. Yeah, hey. <laughs> uh, now that's the longest wait from a first visit to a first number one as a lead artist since Daddy Yankee, who waited 12 years and nine months to get his first number one with Despacito in 2000, uh, 2017. So also on the Hot 100, aside from the new number one for Gomez, Lizzo vaults into the top 10 with Good As Hell. She's very familiar with the top 10 at this point. (laughs) Um, The track rises 14 to 6 after a new remix with Ariana Grande was released. And also Kanye's Follow God from his aforementioned number one album, Jesus is King, opens at number seven. And now it's time for our interview with Louis Tomlinson. Yeah. He dropped by the office recently to discuss his upcoming debut album, his first tour, his latest new music, including the track We Made It, which we love, yeah. and much more. So here's our interview with Louis Tomlinson. Cause we made it, underestimated, a noise underrated, now we're saying goodbye, waving to the hard times, yeah it's gonna be alright like the first time. Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, <laughs> Louis Tomlinson. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. How are you two? Oh, Pretty we're good. fine, but we're not you. <laughs> so We're not as busy as you we're are not right as busy. now. Mm. Um, you're firing on all cylinders right now. New single with We Made It. Debut album, Walls, coming out on January 31st. Your first tour starting March 9th. So are you holding on for dear life right now, or are you kind of loving every moment of the craziness right now? Yeah, um, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I've been waiting for That's ages. That's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, no, no, it's an honest terrible. answer. Honestly, I, uh, I've been waiting for this moment for a while. You know, I've done a lot of writing, a lot of writing, and I think, you know, the ultimate moment for any artist is to go out on a tour and feel, you know, the audience and what the songs mean to people, what the lyrics mean to people. So, you know, I'm we've announced those dates. I'm a step close to that. So I feel I feel good. I feel good. And you mentioned writing. You co-wrote We Made It um, with John Ryan and Julian Panetta, um, Levi Lennox, ADP. <laughs> um, how did this track all come together? This song like two and a half years old um and the reason really yeah yeah and the reason we 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 kind of um sat in the song for so long is i wanted to be further on the writing process so i could you know release um a lot of songs Mm. in a short space of time so there's like another single coming in like six weeks and and so on um and the song um yeah i mean julian and john you know i've done a lot of the one direction stuff with so that was easy um and the, it started off as just the title, as a concept, really. We made it. What does that mean to me? Um, 
and again, you know, that my first thought was that first tour show. Um, the feeling, you know, I want to. I always like to write things that, you know, where the fans feel they're included. And that moment of, you know, me playing my first tour show and thinking to myself, "Hi, we've we've done all right here." That's collective. That's not just on my own. You know what I mean? Because these people have been patient with me, really patient. Um, and you know, I've got a really loyal fan base. So that's going to be a moment of like success, like mutually. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a bit of the lyrics um, <clears throat> that. I think you've already brought up in interviews before, but um, where you say singing something poppy on the same four chords used to worry about it, but I don't know more. Did you come up with that lyric? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's very funny. specific. It's right. funny because <laughs> I, I, I wrote that song maybe 12 months before I put this statement out on my Instagram and essentially I just kind of come to this conclusion that I was making music for everyone else and I was mm. worrying too much about other opinion and kind of based on where I came from with One Direction that those expectations I suppose to a certain degree are natural but I had to go through that experience really and understand you know what it was I was doing on my own now um, and how important it was to just kind of follow me out and do what I love because you know it's work quite a few hours doing this show you know what I mean it's busy <laughs> it's busy so I've got to it's be loving it I've got to be time. loving yeah. it exactly and it doesn't feel like a job when I'm doing what I love you know what I mean whereas I think look there's been singles in the past where in hindsight I feel like I don't necessarily identify with those sounds melody lyrics cool you know across those like two features that I did but in terms of like when I look back um I'm kind of I'm glad I had the experience, but it's kind of given me like the courage now to just be brave and be like, right, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Right. Basically, you like you knew they were cool songs, but they weren't you. Maybe I think it was just the easy option there and mm. then. To be sure. honest, um, I in, in, and when I say easy option, I mean just following like radio trends and like right. Steve one specifically, Steve Aoki. I wasn't 100 percent sure I was going to go out on my own, and then you know the natural easiest option was you know the biggest radio trend at that time was like dance pop sure. yeah. so it just felt like a natural transition and I didn't even really think about what or who I was as an mm-hmm. artist that was just my entry back into the market mm-hmm. right um, so I think I needed that experience to kind of look at the situation and again I did some amazing performances with Steve I got to play Ultra Festival mm-hmm. I never got to do that you know what I mean that was proper yeah, yeah. proper good um but it's nice to come full circle and kind of just be like, right, I'll do what I want to do now. Let's see how that goes. It's funny. We, we had Louis Capaldi, um, a, a, a Louis of a different shade of <laughs> yeah. Louis. Louis, sorry. Yeah. Um, he was on the show, and he just hit number one on the Hot 100 with his song, which is a piano ballad. And that's very different than what is happening you know, on the radio in America mm-hmm. right now. And we asked him about that, and he's just like, you know, we can't get too hung up on genre or what works, you know, whatever is a great song just cuts through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, maybe it's just more about like, you know, not focusing on like, you know, trying to sort of craft a hit because you never know what's going to really right. be a hit anyways. Just sort of follow your heart, I suppose. Yeah. And also, you know, trends change. Yeah. So, By I the time know. you do something today, like that trend's gone every <laughs> month. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've been writing this album for like, you know, best part of three years. So there has been a shift as I've been writing. And that also I found, frustrating there'd be some sessions i'd go in and i could feel like this this week we were in the post malone session because he had a number one <laughs> album this week you know what i mean so it was kind of going through that process and and yeah just being brave really and doing and doing what i love but i agree a good song is a good song i mean these days it's more complicated than just a good song you know yeah. what i mean there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that affect that but um Right, it's good to have a proper good song at number one. I think you with know, Louis Capaldi, it's yeah. a good song and it, great song. <laughs> it, well, also says something about your song that you wrote it two and a half years ago, 
And I think no matter when you put it out, if you put it out then or now or a year from now, it would still sound. Still works. Still works. Yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Like appreciate cause, that. Because I mean, like, we really like the song and it sticks in your head and mm-hmm. it's an earworm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you end up just sort of singing along with it and it's very catchy. I'm like, this could work anytime, mm-hmm. you know? Um, anyway. Um, Thank you. So, uh, you know, We Made It is the first of so far three tastes of music. Second, actually. I'm about to give you that. Everyone's been saying that. And he's like, who's going to brief everyone and say that Kill My Mind with first single? I'm no, really no, proud no, of this no, song. No. And everyone just fucking, you know no. what I mean? Knocks it to its side. It's a decent song. Uh, I'm just winding you up. Um, but no, We Made It Damn is it. the second We're out of four. It's the second out of four. But uh, no, carry on with your question. Sorry. Couldn't help myself. No, what is, well, I, I wasn't calling them singles. I, you know, just like we're... Tastes of taste music. Of music. Smart. Smart. Uh, we have to be very careful uh, these days with you don't don't call anything a single. Right. It's just a teaser track. <laughs> it's just a, a fun track. It, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's just a promotional only <laughs> piece of song. Anyway, mm. um, uh, so we've heard some moments from the album. <laughs> Is the whole album kind of locked? And in the can now, or are you still making some tweaks and you know doing that, or is it like nope, we're done? I'm pretty sure it's all. Um, you got your a, team here; they can all jump in and say yeah, yes. No. Yeah, no, there's a couple more that I think that are going to master, but um, I approved the final two songs um, maybe like a day ago or two days ago, so it's all Ooh, that's fully gotta feel good. done. Wow. I've not heard every master yet, but I'm sure it'll be fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that like relief right now to be like? De- oh, definitely, just because it's. I think, you know, most new artists, this is a, a pretty normal amount of time to make an album. Right. But again, what I was used to being in a band like One Direction was tour every year, it's album every year. For God's sakes. Exactly. In so the best was, way possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, you know, there's, there's, as I say, I've been writing for like three years. So in One Direction, I could have had three albums out by mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? So I, it feels like a relief to finally be it. Yeah, definitely. You get to reintroduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I think it's also fun where it's like you're you're re, you're reintroducing yourself but also introducing yourself to people that get to see you in a totally different way. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. maybe didn't get to know you that way. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like a it's like a fresh start but also not totally a fresh start. I don't know. I think <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. worlds. Best yes. of both worlds. Oh, hey, yeah, hey, right. hey. There you go. Would you say that there's like an overarching theme to the album? I think just, I mean, like, without getting too deep, and I think just honesty. I think just, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think just honesty. I mean, the lyrics, Mm. like, naturally, my style are quite autobiographical anyway. So I think, in terms of a theme, I go in writing every song and trying to be as honest and as real as possible, really. So I think, you know, there's light and shade, different moments in my life, different emotions, but overall, I, I hope it's honest. And um, we actually hmm. we disagree. <laughs> no, I, honesty is a good theme. <laughs> no, honesty is good. It's like so. It's so some people could be like, oh, it's like a diary or, or some way. It's like you know, it's personal moments where it's like personal things of your life woven into songs, but also songs that probably people can find parts of their own. Yeah, it's in. things that's happened to me in my life that you know that I think are um, that I'm aren't not individual. To dig here. No, that's no, what I'm no. <laughs> I think that aren't in. You know, I'm always trying to humanize myself as much as possible and make you know make myself relatable to fans and i think i think with honesty you can do that you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah because there's a lot of hollywood lyrics out there there's a lot you know there's a lot of lyrics that feel a little bit make-believe to me so i think being honest it kind of you can pull on the heartstrings then you know what i mean mm. 
Um, Speaking of heartstring, no, just, <laughs> like, there was there was no. I was like, do I have a heartstring question? No, you don't have a heartstring question. <laughs> um, no, uh, we actually we did not interview you, but Billboard did last week when you first put the song out. Um, and you mentioned uh, like what a big influence Oasis had on you growing up. Katie and, loves Oasis, and I love them. So this What's is why your favorite I'm Oasis song. Oh my god, my favorite song. Um, talk tonight. Okay, nice choice. Yeah. Nice choice. <laughs> I like nice you were like a deep cut that I wouldn't know. I'm like, well, so you, you could be that like, was the oh, I have to be a real fan. Say, 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 say. Uh, champagne <laughs> supernova. Uh, <laughs> we had a few of them on this trip, to be fair. Um, Sorry, but I was wondering, like, if, in all the stuff that you got, have gotten to do with One Direction and, and in the past few years, have you ever crossed paths with Liam and Noel, like at any event or anything? Yeah, when we were first in the band, must have been that first 18 months at band, we did see Liam. Um, From afar across the room. No. <laughs> <laughs> we said we said hello at that, and he, he was pretty sad to be fair. But I don't remember it all that pretty well. Sad. Pretty sad. Pretty sound. Pretty good. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what did he do? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it feels like ages ago now. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Really, I don't really remember. But okay. Well, okay. you need to. That you need to have like a proper actual like chat with. It's them. coming. It's coming. <laughs> you can rekindle that non-relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah very exciting. <laughs> um, I'm. I'm wondering. I was thinking about this uh, kind of yesterday when we were thinking of questions and. I can't imagine what it's like to be you, and I think very few people can because of kind of the craziness that your career has had. But now that you're going into releasing your first album, mm. which of these emotions <laughs> are you more feeling right now? Excitement, joy, or nervousness? I feel like because, as I said before, like personally, I feel like I've been in this, like, been writing this album for a while. I feel like I've kind of gone through every emotion. <laughs> like, honestly, you know, I've had moments of frustration because it's not been, you know, it's it's taken a second to to release. Um, yeah, I've had moments where I'm nervous and I hope people like it and whatever, but I feel like I've just got to that stage now where I've been sat on it for a while. Um, I believe they're good songs, you know what I mean? I'm confident in the album, so I'm just excited for people to hear it this stage. That's all it is. It's eager. I'm eager and excited for people to hear it because I've been sat it for ages. Mm. It's, this kind of plays into that. I was wondering, did you feel like there, did you, were you putting pressure on yourself like internally or was there any pressure maybe externally, um, you know, around getting an album done and getting it out? Were you ever thinking like, oh gosh, I wish I could put this, you know, I, it's not, the, the time isn't right yet. Or if I'm, I'm being honest with the greatest, um, like without like, I think they'll understand this, but to be honest, in, and for the right reasons, the pressure comes from the fan base, and that's mm. and that's because, because I owe them. I owe them. <laughs> you know what I mean? To a certain degree, like they're incredible people, super dedicated. When I was in the band, and it's carried on throughout. You know, there'll be different awards that I get nominated for, and again, I've not had an album out, and they'll just vote super hard, <laughs> and it's, it's just it's just they're just incredible people. So I feel like I owe it to them to make the best album I can. And to get it out at some point, and now we're there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I feel good. I feel good about it. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned uh, your tour. It's already on sale, and your first show is going to be in March um, in Barcelona. Yeah. So uh, have you even started to think about prepping for that or thinking about what you're going to play on tour or any of that stuff? I mean, like the odd, like, you know, I mean, I've started thinking roughly about set lists. It's a bit easier when you don't have as many songs in a first sure. tour, you know. Sure. Like we're playing the whole album, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A couple Here of covers, exactly. <laughs> Uh, in terms of creative, I, I, to be honest, I haven't really given it too much thought, mm. but like instinctively, it'll ju- 
there won't be bells and whistles. It'll just be like a good light show focusing mm-hmm. on the on the music. You know what I mean? No, not so not so much on pyro and lasers. <laughs> I mean, I like a bit of pyro, and I also like a bit of lasers. Um, so maybe a few bells, few whistles, but not too many. Yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering, this is uh, sort of the last thing, and, and I promise this is not going anywhere weird. <laughs> Do you have like a WhatsApp or a group chat with the other One Direction boys? Um, and I'm not going to ask you what you're talking about. I just, you can say yes or no. <laughs> nah, I wish we did. Okay. Uh, I think we did back in the day at one stage. Um, you're giving me way just, more than I anticipated here. Other, <laughs> we just text each other individually, okay. to be yeah. honest. Okay, so... This is the question in relation to that. Boom. At what point did you all realize that you were all basically releasing music within like three months of one another, like in this quarter? Because I'm like, did y'all plan this? Because it <laughs> seems like all the One Direction fans are just like, yes, give us more. Yeah, it's a good time for them. It's a good time. Well, I think I think I had an idea because I'd seen I've seen Liam pretty recently. I went around to his house recently, so we'd we'd had that conversation. So we knew we were releasing around the same time. Um, and Niall and Harry, it just happened. Do you know what I mean? It's so, so wild. Um, it's just funny how it works out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it works out nice area. with fans. Yeah, yeah. Make a lot of One Direction noise right now. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there are going to be those people that are just like, I've collected them all. Yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. Literally, literally. It's a, it's a good time to be a fan of Louis. It's a good time to be a fan of One Direction and Indeed. all the boys. And it's a good fan. It's a good time to just be a fan of all your great music that you're putting out right now. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so thank you so much for coming in. No worries. Thanks for having me. And yes. um, uh, good luck with everything next year. You're going to be so busy, but it's going to be a great busy. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks so much for Louis for making the time to come sit down with us. It was so much fun to have him here in the office. Yes, he had a big bodyguard too. He, he did. He had an entourage, he had I mean, a, as he as, should, because yeah. he's Louis Tomlinson. Yep. Uh, and we cannot wait to hear the full album. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Ten years ago this week, Miley Cyrus got her first number one on the pop songs airplay chart with Party in the USA. The track rose two to one on the November 7th, 2009 dated chart and spent one week atop the list. Now, Cyrus had visited the chart three times previously, going as high as number four with 2008's See You Again. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's like a, a really great pop song. It is. I love I, that song. I mean, that was the song that changed her from sort of like Hannah Montana Girl to Miley Cyrus. Oh, yeah. That was an star. undeniable pop song. And I think I think there was a lot of people that probably listened to that for the first time. And if you didn't know who it was, you wouldn't have guessed it was Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Yep. I think that changed the course of her pop career. It's funny we're talking about Miley because I feel like I think of Miley and Selena like in the same you know, both you know, from, breath. You know, TV, you know, sort of established on TV. Disney specifically. Specifically, yeah. right? Um, anyway, well, <laughs> after the party, get it? Um, Cyrus collected another number one on pop songs with Wrecking Ball in 2013. She most recently visited the list as one third of the pop teaming of her, Ariana Grande, and Lana Del Rey on Don't Call Me Angel from the new Charlie's Angels film. So there you have it. Ten years ago this week, Miley Cyrus got her first number one on the pop songs chart with Party in the USA. Okay, that's the end of our big shoe. Lots of just so much chart action yes. happening. Kanye at number one, Selena at number one, yeah. Liz is in the top ten. You know, this your chart stat had me thinking about like what the equivalent song, because we just got off on a see you again tangent, 
um, is for Selena. And the one that comes to my mind is Love You Like a Love Song. That was the first one where I like that she like popped out as like a pop star to me. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think that was the one for me, too. There was one where I was just like, oh, this is the moment where I think she really transitioned from sort of familiar TV kind of like Come and get it? No, I think it might have been Love You Earlier? Like a Love Song. And Love You Like a Love Song, too. I'm trying to think of what it would have been earlier than that. Yeah, because so, just again, it just Clearly, super... we weren't prepared for this because yeah. we didn't have a list of all of our hits in front of us. <laughs> well, and meanwhile, currently, we're like old people as well. Clearly, we're old people as well because obviously, anybody who's been following her since the beginning like knew everything. But Love You Like a Love Song was the one that made me pay attention. That's a great song. That's a, well, we I mean, should probably go out on it. All right, cool. Let's do that. Okay. See bye. you guys next time. Bye. I, I love you like a love song, baby. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.